0: We're also brought to you by the NASCAR Gambling Podcast. Start your engines with Rod and Cody and get ready to gamble on the Daytona 500 this Sunday.
1: Adio DeGenerinos and welcome to the MMA Gambling Podcast and the Sports Gambling Podcast Network episode 295. Uh, I'm gonna dedicate it to someone who actually gave us a review, but we actually got a couple of reviews come through, and only one of them is someone related to us. So there you go. Um, this one's from Proudfoot3. The title of it is "Mantle," and the comment is five stars, of course, because we're the best. And the comment is "Multiple regional championships on his dot dot dot." So it's a it's a comment only for the hardcores out there. So the hardcores out there know exactly what Proudfoot3 is talking about. Thank you, Proudfoot. If you're in the Sports Gambling Podcast Discord, please reveal yourself um thank you everyone else for coming to the show give us a review if you haven't already we deserve it obviously um i'm one of the hosts jeff chalks fox and boy do we have an episode for you today ufc is dishing up a treat for us this week from the ufc apex an amazing 11 fight card uh set up um which i'm going to struggle to have takes on as my co-host said um (laughs) before we went to air i bet you're not gonna have many takes on this one and it's true other than who are these people? That's pretty. That's my take on most of it. But I'll have winning picks for you. Nonetheless, uh, let's bring in man who knows every person on this card uh, inside and out. It's one and only Daniel Gumby. Really? Hello.
0: I do. Although I did have to go back and remind myself about uh, one guy, because one of these guys, I think he's been signed to the UFC for 100 years and is yet to debut. So that was a little bit tricky for me. This
1: card, I, I did the article for our site, sportsgamblingpodcast.com, And oh boy, it really sunk in that. And I'm like, I have to pick someone to win <laughs> these two crap fight, mediocre fighters. Sorry, fighters, if you're listening. But yeah, there's a lot of what? No, one of these people can't win.
0: No, I think there was only one time where I had a fight where I was like, one of these guys is gonna win today. Uh, yeah. And and that's why there, there was only one of those for me. So and none of them on the prelims. And it's great. It's all. It's we have a
1: whole string of light, heavyweight, heavyweight, light, heavyweight matches that are all like garbage. I'm like, oh boy, this is
0: great. Fantastic. I don't know. I don't know. Are they are they garbage or are mm. they? I I think here's here's my take on UFC 69. Which by the way, uh, shame on you yet again for not making a 69 joke.
1: Yeah, I know. Someone gave us someone gave us the uh, review, so you know.
0: <laughs> yeah, I guess I guess we got to give preference to to the people who uh, who do that, but. With that being said, I think this is a card that I would say has a purpose uh, in that it like every single fight is like trying to get somebody either started off on the right foot or get their course corrected or or, or yeah. Or trying to <laughs> no, I, I don't think you're wrong, though. I, I think like trying to weed out the people who like, OK, this guy can stick around and just be viable for us for a little while. And this guy is like eating a bunch of our payroll. Like, I, I think this card does a good job, top to bottom, of being like, all right, where is this going, and helping us answer that question.
1: So we're gonna we're gonna fire a bunch of people on Sunday, aren't we, when we do our review?
0: I can't imagine more than
1: two or three. Yeah, I guess it depends the outcome of a couple of these fights.
0: But, yeah, May, but, maybe yeah. four. I, I'm seeing a fourth now. Now, no, <laughs> I, I could I could fire a fourth.
1: There's at least four Loser Leaves Town matches, so we, we shall see. We may as well dive in. No, This is just the prelims. We're going to break this over. We're going to spread out this agony over two episodes. So this one, we got six prelim fights to break down for you um, for this Saturday's event. And then tomorrow, main card, as per usual. That's what Thursdays are for. And then props, parlays. What else we do? Um, Props, Hunger, parlays, Hunger box, Man
0: Jong. Hunger, Hunger Man, Man
1: Jong. All that fun stuff. So that'll be tomorrow. All right, before we dive into today's, I have to tell you about where you can make picks or where actually you can put real live money on these props and dogs and parlays and whatnot. It would be WinBet. WinBet is the official online sportsbook of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. WinBet is active in a bunch of states and there are tons of ways to win, including live betting and same game parlays, aka WinBet's build your own bet. They have great promos, odds and payouts and they're happening right now at WinBet. Ready to play, sign up today to receive a special offer, bet $100, get $100, limited to state availability. And of course, if you hit the biggest long shot parley of the week, you get $1,000 free credit. So much to choose from all you have to do is head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash winbet so they know we sent you. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-B-E-T. Offer subject to change, terms and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 or older and present in the state where play-through winbet is available. If you or somebody you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. And this, of course, Parlay made me think of something. Parlay some props made me think of our contest, Dan. Do you have updates on our contest and let people know where they can get in?
0: Yeah, so we are four weeks into our 10-week first quarter UFC props contest. All you got to do is click the link that shows up in our Twitter or in our Discord, so make sure you're following us at SGPNMMA or in that Discord that Jeff mentioned before. You put a plus 200 or better prop in there, and if you hit it, uh, you have a chance to win all kinds of cool merch in uh stuff from the SGPN merch store, so make sure you get in there. Last week, I have an update. I finally went through uh the all of the dozens of prop bets that got sent in last week. Zero of them hit.
1: That's oh. Right.
0: Yeah, zero of them hit. So right now, as it stands, uh, Dredney has two of those props hit in the four weeks. Uh, and then we have one, two, three, four other people with a single prop. Me. The, you, you being you being one of them uh you actually have the smallest of the props well, is, <laughs> keep it
1: just, come on keep that in the download please
0: <laughs> and uh the the current biggest prop to beat which there is a uh a gift card for the biggest prop is plus 650 so you better come with some heat
1: yes you better come with some heat so that's fine and then our other contest on verdict um, Verdick, um I'm doing horrible in that. I just looked it up. I'm 88th in that one. You want to tell us, <laughs> tell the people about that too.
0: Yeah, we have an official verdict group. We're one of the uh, few podcasts that have their own official group. So make sure you hop in there. We got about 90 people each and every week, log and pick. So make sure you uh, come compete with me and Jeff.
1: Yes. Uh, I'm not really competing much this year somehow, but uh, <laughs> I'm in there at the very least. So, all right, maybe this is the week because we have a, a killer event. It is now called UC Fight Nate Androge versus Blanchfield. It used to be Santos versus Blanchfield. Uh, Talia Santos back out because um, I think what I read originally was some of her corner people couldn't get visas. Is that what you heard too?
0: I actually hadn't heard anything about why she I wasn't in there. Uh, that, I mean, like that, that feels like it would be true. Uh, I, I feel like I, I could go with that.
1: <laughs> it says personal reasons, but let me see. I'm pretty sure. Yes. Uh, MMA fighting, a legit site, said that uh, she chose not to come because two of her coaches could not get visas to your wonderful country you have down there, Mr. Gumby.
0: That's uh, that's pretty wild. So uh, country's I, don't, fault. I don't know that I've ever seen somebody just, like, have a corner back out and then be like, yeah, no, I'm out too. Yeah. Uh, especially definitely. with such, like, a big opera- like, th- this felt. Yeah, this felt like her chance to both headline and, if she won, possibly get that rematch back that a lot of people thought she should add in the first place. Yep. Yeah, w- wild to to see her back out of that then.
1: Yeah, but we may get a better... Well, but Aaron Blanchard that definitely gets a bigger test, that's for sure. She gets former champ Jessica Andraj in the main event, but we're not talking about that on this episode. No, no, no. We have to dive into the prelims because we are nerds, MMA nerds, and there, there's money to be had in the prelims. So we usually do better, actually, in the prelims. So this is the episode y'all need to listen to. So this is going down, this event, February 18th, UFC Apex again, um i guess they got tired of having a, ra- a raucous crowd uh, like they had in, in australia so they'd rather go back to the apex and uh, uh, be nice and quiet again so um 4 p.m eastern time is the prelims on espn plus we're starting with Flyways clayton carpenter versus one samelo honderos because he's brazilian um honderos nickname 100 that's how many no, never mind. There's so many good <laughs> so many good drug jokes. We'll just leave it. Uh was after the fight he got popped for cocaine, is that correct?
0: Yeah, that it was right I afterwards. Do yeah. yeah. So right he, after, he okay. yeah, he got a chance to fight and then uh then then he popped. Yes. So he's
1: uh he's doing the John Jones style of training, apparently. So yeah, he was suspended for a bit for that. Uh he was a regional champ before all this. He's not won a fight since December of 2019 because he's not been very active fighting. Um in his UFC fight, he did outstrike his opponent. Uh, his strike differential was plus 0.87 strikes per minute, so he hit 0.87 more strikes per minute than his opponent. I can't remember who he fought off the top of my head now either. Do you remember?
0: Um, He fought somebody on short notice. Yeah. Um, that's usually how
1: people debut at CMC stage. Oh, David Vorick. Right. That's that's correct. He did fight him. All right. Plus Um, plus 230 if you want. Honderos. Uh, Clay Concrete Carpenter, but um, who wasn't in our Discord that liked the other nickname? Um, Clay the Guida Carpenter someone yeah. posted that is that a legit nickname or it's
0: not a legit nickname but somebody I think it, I think it was circulating around Twitter that people were liking that one
1: it's a good one it is a good one so um, regardless of what you call him uh, you can also you have to call him uh, undefeated PSC is 6-0 two knockouts two submissions this, this is his UFC debut he went 1-0 on the contender series 2 inches taller than Honderos three inches of reach a year younger based off of both one fight for each person. He's got better striking stats and he's more active landing strikes. He outst- And better grappling stats too. Throw that in. He outstruck his opponent on the contender series by 1.87 strikes per minute. He's at minus 295. So we'll start off with
0: Gumby for this exciting flyweight battle. So this is an exciting one, because as I said, there there seems to be a purpose for every single fight. And this purpose is just to showcase how cool Clayton Carpenter is and what a threat he is at flyweight. Because I I think me and John were actually talking in the discord before he even got his contender series fight about like he he was rumored to be on contender series. And it was really exciting because he's one of those guys from the MMA lab who comes with like really incredible knockout power, both with. His kicks like he, he's got multiple head kick knockouts um, and his hands, but he also like sneakily is like very good at submissions. It, it kind of is like, you know, uh, last week we got all excited at LFA over that on ho who picked up a uh, submission win after, you know, winning back to back fights by knockout. Um, They're, they're training partners and, and they've got like a similar style. Very, very fun on the feet. Both creative, but not in a way that's, like, extra risky. Um, And and then on top of that, just, like, good submission skills should he need to go to them. And the beauty of this is he doesn't need to go to them. Because uh, Juan Camilo Ronderos is probably, I I don't want to say one of the worst guys the UFC has ever signed. But it kind (laughs) of feels like one of the worst guys the UFC has ever signed.
1: He had four Um, fights before this, too.
0: Yeah, and, like, if you look at the level of competition in those four fights, too, it's not like he was out there, like, beaten like some of the best dudes in the world and like out here proving like he fought for WXC Warrior Wednesday um i mean he he did beat Eric Shelton i guess which is probably the one that got him in but like man Eric Shelton hadn't looked good in a really long time he's he's coming off of a loss in Fury FC he i think he's won one time and like the, the last, I don't know how long. Um, so like, yeah, I guess he beat Eric Shelton, but like but for the most part, he was fighting guys who were like one and O and stuff like that, three and four. Um, and, and he's got, I guess, some submission skills, but as it, it showed like levels to it with David Dvorak, like David Dvorak just took him down and submitted him really easily. And that's maybe what Juan Camillo Ronderos is best at. So, you know, I, I think uh, most likely what's going to happen here is Carpenter is just going to keep his feet and he's just going to blast him with head kicks.
1: All right. We are um both picking the same guy. I'm not as in-depth with my pick as Dan. I'm just I'll, I'll take a better fighter who's bigger and younger. There you go. And we're both going to end up with the correct pick. So sound good?
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. You, you you don't need been... to get long to get good with no, bets. They they I don't, don't ask you when you when you put your slip in at Winbet, they don't ask you <laughs> nope, to reason with them.
1: <laughs> bigger, younger, better resume, better nickname, you know, everything is in his corner. All right. Uh let's move on. Shall we Welterweights, AJ Fletcher versus Themba Gorimbo, Uh, Gorimbo. Am I saying that right?
0: Yeah, I think it's Gorimbo, but Gorimbo. Uh, Where's he from? He's from Zimbabwe. I believe he's the first uh, fighter from Zimbabwe in the UFC.
1: You didn't want to say Zimbabwean? You you changed it to first fighter from
0: Zimbabwe? Is, is that, I, I, I'm, I'm gonna guessing it's I, Zimbabwean. Maybe it's not. <laughs> I, I wasn't sure it was a Zimbabwean. <laughs> um, it's,
1: that sounds wrong. It does, but, you know, I wouldn't say something that's wrong. Anyhow, um, let's move on. He is the answer. Gorimbo, whether my answer is correct or not, he is the answer. He's 10-3, one knockout, six submissions. He's been knocked out once, submitted once. UFC debut is on Saturday on this stellar card. He's won four of his last five, including his last fight. He was a regional champ. He's fight at lightweight. This one is at welterweight 2013. He has been bouncing around in pro MMA since two inches taller than Fletcher, nine inches of reach from the stats. I saw that's, that's pretty wild. That's usually catnip for me. So plus two <laughs> twenty. but he's fighting a ghost. Ladies and gentlemen, AJ, the ghost Fletcher, and he's not one of those Casper friendly ghosts either. Uh, he's nine and two, four knockouts, four submissions, never been finished in a fight. The two L's on his record, both have come in, over his last two fights, which were both in the UFC. Some stiff competition, though. Uh, 1-0 on the Contender Series. Used to fight at lightweight as well. Six years younger than Gorimbo. Minus 275. Don't know much about Gorimbo, but I will take AJ Fletcher. Um, Just looking at the resumes, um, Fletcher's obviously fought a much higher level of competition. And he's a very good wrestler slash grappler type of dude. So I I think he's going to beat Gorimbo. Um, or maybe even land a fly knee like you did on the uh, contender series. So give me the chalk here. If in doubt, I go chalk. So AJ Fletcher's the pick. I,
0: I'm gonna go with Greenbow here. Uh, yeah, that's I, totally I, your style. Well, and and here's the thing is that like we just saw what happens when AJ Fletcher fights somebody who strikes well from a distance and is way longer than him, right? Like he's coming off that fight with Angeluza. And Angelusa can wrestle a little bit, but the mo- most important thing about Angelusa is Angelusa had a uh, uh, you know like a massive reach advantage on him, right? He had like a 74 inch reach. And the thing about AJ Fletcher, AJ Fletcher has a com- has comically short arms. Um, he's five foot ten and he's got a 67 inch reach, which means his his reach is five foot ten or five foot seven on a five foot ten body. So like he has very short arms. Um, and and then he fought a guy who had a 74 inch reach in, in Anjelusa and he went 0 of four on his takedown attempts and largely just went 0 of four because he just like couldn't get close to uh Lusa's legs. And now he's going to be fighting Gorimbo who has another two and a half inches of reach than Angelusa. And I would also say this, Dembo Gorimbo can wrestle a little bit himself. Like in a lot of his fights that I've seen when it comes to the wrestling, he's been the aggressor. I don't think he's going to take Lusa down, but the fact that he likes to wrestle and chooses to in enough situations gives me hope that if like Fletcher does finally get in on the legs, like I-, I think he might fail. And the other thing I will say too, is that like, you know, Fletcher sometimes forgets that like, that's the thing he does best. Like if you go back to his fight when he was fighting, um, uh, Sem- Semelsberger, Matthew Semmelsberger, if he had just chosen to wrestle all the time, he had like a slight advantage over Semmelsberger in that way and might have possibly stolen two out of three rounds, but he just like didn't except for one round try to wrestle Semmelsberger. So I don't like the fight IQ of AJ Fletcher. And and I don't like how he gets takedowns against guys who are way taller than him and way longer than him. And I think that's a problem he's going to have here.
1: All right. I believe you. I believe you when I, when I see it though. So, um, We are, there we go. We usually differ differ on at least one fight. So there's the first. Let's see how we do on the next fight. Uh, Lightweight Nazim Sadikov versus Evan Elder. I will tell you about Elder first. He is the phenom. He is 7-1, four knockouts, one submission. Never been finished in a fight. 0-1 in the UFC. Used to fight out, welterweight. Three inches of reach on Sadikov. Three inches, sorry, three years younger. He got outstruck in his UFC fight by 3.2 strikes per minute. Uh, not a good recipe for uh, success there. Plus 155. The Black Wolf Sadikov, seven and one, five knockouts, one submission. He's been submitted one time. One time. This is his UFC debut. He went one and zero on the contender series, uh, which was part of a four straight uh, four straight fights where he's finished his opponent. He's also won seven straight. So he lost his debut November 2018, pro debut, and he's not lost since. Uh, based off of one fight for each man. His striking stats are better than Elder. His grappling stats are better than Elder, and he was two and a half times more active landing strikes than Elder was. He outstruck his contender series a opponent by 1.83 strikes per minute, and he is at
0: minus 185. You, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with Sadikov here. I, I will, I, I'm gonna hedge a little bit here because w- what we saw from Sadikov in his contender series fight is he he looked pretty damn good on the feet. In fact, he hurt. Uh, Hasan Zada, who we talked about on Monday, by the way, uh, on the he's going to be fighting on LFA right. on Friday. Um, he hurt Hasan Zada like six seconds into the fight, if that. And Hasan Zada just never looked like himself after that. But Hasan Zada was still able to wrestle him once in a while and had some success there. And that worries me a little bit, because if you go back and you look at Elders fights with the exception of the one against Preston Parsons in his debut, he does have some success in the wrestling, and I think if he chose to go there early against Sadakov, he might have enough success where he could like steal two rounds here. But I think on the feet, Sadakov is just going to be so much better. I think Elder is just going to not choose to do it early or often enough. And I think we're going to see Sadikov like find his rhythm and like hurt him on the feet. As you said, he's a he's a he's a really good finisher. So I think Sadikov here is probably got the advantage in that way. And uh, enough for me to like him here. But I will say, like, even at negative 185, which is not an atrocious number, I I I am a little bit hesitant to pull the trigger on a guy who looked like he had maybe some suspect defense in wrestling against a guy who was already hurt.
1: I'll take him anyhow. Uh, I'm taking him too. Um, this is uh, I, I just obviously resume, I'm bigger resumes if I'm if I'm uh, not sure of who to pick. His resume is better, and like you said, he's a finisher. He's a killer, Dan. He's a um, what else do they call him? Savage. He's a savage. So
0: yeah, and, and that that is worth noting too because like uh, like I said, I've seen Evan Elder use his wrestling, but like yeah. you're right, his. Despite fighting for some decent promotions, like he he fought for LSA once and FAC, and he fought a whole bunch for Shamrock, which usually puts together some pretty decent fights. Like he's fought some really terrible competition. Yeah. Um. Like his last fight before going to uh, filling in against Preston Parsons, he he fought a guy who was six or uh, nine and sixteen. Uh, which is, <laughs> yeah. That's so a like, can for you. Yeah. And, and it took him three rounds to finish him. So yeah, you're, you're right. The, the, that should be the extra push in the right direction for Sadikov. Yeah.
1: Um, but if his name was Alvin, uh, Eldorov, we may pause and think about taking him, right? So, yeah. Sadikov's I, got the ov too, going for.
0: I, I will tell you, uh, the usual feeling about having an OV at the end of your <laughs> name and having to pick them, which is, uh, Munaf Manji's, uh, brilliant <laughs> MMA, uh strategy i will say he is not your classic OV person like he's not a big takedown guy he has got flashy striking spinning heel kicks all that kind of stuff so uh yeah don't don't expect to get the same out of that yeah hey, it's
1: still oh it could be a winning recipe so we actually uh, that's another i like to track stat that should be tracking the offs see often the offs <laughs> come through uh when they're fighting non off so anyhow um all right what should we move on to now oh one of our Fabulous light heavyweight battles that we have yeah. on this card. Ovin St. Prue, I don't know why he's not on the main card, but Ovin St. Prue <laughs> versus Philippe Linz. Like, seriously, he's at least got a bit of a name here uh, compared to. <laughs> just wait till we do the uh, main card tomorrow, people. You, you'll know what I'm talking about. Anyhow, um, OSP versus Philippe Lins. OSP is the nickname for Ovin St. Prue. Very, very catchy nickname. He is 26 and 16. Twelve knockouts, eight submissions. He's been knocked out four times, submitted three times. Fourteen and eleven in the UFC. He's gone one and two over his last three, but he did win his last fight. He's been recently he's been bouncing between heavyweight and light heavyweight. This one is at light heavyweight. Um, he's, he's been a pro MMA fighter since 2008. He's an inch of height, two inches of reach on lens. He's been outstruck over his UFC career barely. It's uh, still negative, negative 0. 0.37 strikes per minute. He's at plus 180. Philippe. A Monstro lens, 15 and five, eight knockouts, four submissions. He's been knocked out four times. One and two in the UFC. He also won his last fight. He used to fight at heavyweight as well. Four and zero in PFL and was their champion there. He went three and three in Bellator. 2005. He's been fighting professionally since in MMA. Two years younger than Saint Prue. More active landing strikes. He also has been outstruck in the UFC by 0.85 strikes per minute. Minus two twenty. Uh, I'm going fast and loose with the dogs. I said this year, so uh, let me take a dog. I'm taking over Saint Prue. This is, you know, one of these fights. Like, I have to pick one of these guys to win, do I? Uh, at least he's beaten some people of name in the UFC. Uh, Felipe Lands has been a bit of a disappointment since he's come over to the promotion. Um, he's and he likes to grapple a bit. If he gets uh, gets Saint Prue to the ground, look out because uh, the Saint choke could be coming next. So, give me a OSP, but like I said, it's light heavyweight and it's a couple of guys who are. Could very easily be
0: seeing the door very soon if they if they lose this fight. Yeah, I, I'm gonna go with Lindsay here. I, I uh, I'm with you in usually when there's a light heavyweight contest between two guys who are pretty old and both have disappointed. Uh, you, you know, looking for the dog here. But the thing about Lindsay's, Lindsay's not been a light heavyweight for very long. He's right. actually only been a light heavyweight for one fight in in. He's only had that one fight over the last two plus years, right? Like moving in on three years. And uh, he looked phenomenal at light heavyweight. Like he beat the hell out of Martin Procneo. He took him down. He was getting the better of most of the striking exchanges. Um, You know, he was the one landing hard on Procneo. You know, he, I, I think he had like six minutes of control time in that fight. Like, he looked really good coming down in weight and and I don't just mean that in the cage too. He also looked good physically. Me being a guy who was like, Oh, like there's no way that big fat guy is making it back down to 205. And he did. I I mean like he at heavyweight, he was a big fat guy. Um, (gasps) And and now that he is down at like heavyweight, he's not that anymore. And I thought he looked really good Um, in, in doing so against Procneo, a guy who swings big, which is kind of what OSP does, right? Like OSP swings big and, and looks for, you know, huge shots. And and Felipe Lin's never given up a takedown in the UFC. So that's worth noting. Now, granted, not up against a ton of guys who like to grapple anyway, but like hasn't ever given up a takedown in the UFC. So I, I don't see OSP going for the takedown. And I, I don't see Lin's giving one up. And I also think he's just going to have an infinitely better gas tank
1: you're not going to get well first of all i apologize for all the big fat guys that are listening in right now because dad is (laughs) shaming you mr he just went for a run today so i guess he's feeling good about himself or something but uh, are are you still down all that weight from not snacking your your
0: recipe i lost 23 pounds since january 1st that's great congratulations Uh, you didn't even
1: need to lose 23 pounds so that's the thing
0: yeah back down to heavyweight
1: wow fantastic all right um (laughs) Uh, we'll we'll ignore the body shamer for now. You're not going to get much argument for me for any of these fights. So but by all means, you take the other side. I really, um, a lot of these are, are coin flips in my mind. Um, but for a guy who knows about every fighter and every fight, is this, is it just like, do you have strong opinions about these fights as well or not?
0: <laughs> I mean, I I had a pretty strong opinion. Like Clayton Carpenter, I think is wildly right. undervalued right now. Uh, that yeah. Sadikov fight, you know, I kind of hedged and said, I, I don't have really strong feelings about it. This one, you know, like I said, you know, Linz looked really good in his only light heavyweight fight, which gives me a little bit of confidence. But again, how much confidence can you have in a guy who spent his whole career at heavyweight uh, has largely been a disappointment in the UFC and then just like had a good fight down a weight class. So, like, I'm picking him here. I I think he's better than OSP. But, like, if he came out here and threw, like, one of the worst performances out there and got knocked out in six seconds by OSP, would I be shocked? Nah, Mm -hmm. not terribly. So, yeah. Um, yeah, like th- there are some fights I have strong feelings about. Yeah. This is not the these have not been very many of them.
1: <laughs> yes. OSP is one of those guys, too, that tend to like all of a sudden surprise you. So uh, I figure he he's worth a, a roll of, th- of the dice here. I think he's probably screwed us in the past. That's why I have that feeling Uh about him, perhaps. All right, Um. right. Co-main event of the prelims. We'll call this one featherweights. Jamal Emers versus Hussein Askabov. First of all, who is hub off and what are we asking him
0: <laughs> uh hey I, see he, I, I
1: assume you don't pronounce the k either right yes I, I uh
0: yes i believe it's i believe it's hussein
1: okay all right Jamal amherst we'll talk about first he is pretty boy all one word his nickname is pretty boy all one word which is interesting uh the editor and me is having trouble with that but anyhow we'll, we'll let it slide he's 18 to 6 seven knockouts three submissions been knocked out twice submitted twice one and two in the ufc he's on loss win loss so he's due for a win right Uh, He lost his last fight via submission. That was back August of 2021. He's not won since August of 2020. So he's due. Uh, 0-1 in the Contender Series. Multiple regional championships on his mantle. mantle. There you go. The guy guy or gal who gave us that. um, It's a guy. Who am I kidding? The guy who gave us that review is enjoying that. Um, 2012 Pro May debut. Two inches taller than Ask Kabav 110. Ask Kabov. 23-0. Six knockouts. Ten submissions. This is his UFC debut. He's won four straight fights via finish. However, he's not fought since March of 2020. Used to fight at Bantamweight 2012 debut as well. Don't have reach info for him. I do know he is six years younger than Emmers. He's at minus 130. Tell us what you can about Ask Hubov and make a pick here.
0: You know, I, I went back and i watched some of his fights and, and he he is, has failed to make his debut multiple times. Actually, he was supposed to be yeah. on Contender Series against uh, Joe Anderson Brito. Um, and then they just signed him anyway, and he was supposed to fight Herbert Burns and didn't make that fight either. So I had to go back and watch some of his fights in WWFC. Um, and from what I can tell, he's a guy who really does like his submissions. Um, but I, I'll be honest, I, I'm not terribly impressed by his ability to wrestle. Uh, I, I in all of the fights that I've seen, like he kind of gets in on a single leg, but he's way more interested in, like, switching stances seven times before he does so and throwing strikes. And, you know, from, from my perspective, I, I think we've kind of underestimated Jamal Emmers. Um, and, and, like, if you look at his UFC career and you look back, you're like, oh, he's, you know, one and two. And he's only beat Vince Cachero. And that doesn't seem like it's very much. But, like, th- this is a guy who a judge's scorecard said beat Gigi Chikadze. Um yep. and, and it was a defensible card. Like I I, I picked Giga Chikatze to win that that fight, but it was a defensible scorecard because he clearly won round three and was competitive in round two. And you know, in the Pat Sabatini fight, he got Pat Sabatini down, but like, you know, then got heel hooked. Pat Sabatini's a beast on the mats. I, I just think we've underestimated Jamal Emers. I, I also think, you know, like the the line is where it is. And, and what did you say we're getting Jamal Emmers at? Plus one ten. Plus one ten. I think the line is where it's at because at the end of the day, like Jamal Emmers is, is coming off that leg injury, right? Like the leg injury in the Pat Sabatini fight. And people don't really know what to think of it because I think if just he's healthy and he has a fight with Pat Sabatini that he just loses and taps out in that close fight with Giga Chikaze. I think he's a favorite over a guy like Askabov here because he's been gone for so long in I, I, like I said, in a not so great fight promotion, I didn't think he looked all that hot. I, I don't quite know why the UFC has been so intent on making sure he stays in a UFC contract. Maybe it's the what is he 23-0 and record? Yeah. Um. But but I'm gonna go with Emers here. I, I think the slight upset here in in just undervaluing what Emers has done in the UFC.
1: His last name is Av. For one thing, it ends in Av. Um. But Gumby said, "What are we getting Embers for?" And he is correct. We are taking Embers at plus one ten for sure. Um, yeah, I agree with you on the on the resume. He's, he's got a superior resume. Um, he fought to some. He, he fought and uh, was competitive with some killers in the UFC. Uh, I don't know what to think about. Ask Habab. Plus, the inactivity is a thing. That, let's check the stats. Fighters have been out at least a year. He's been out what three almost now. Forty-five um, percent win percentage. So. Uh, he's been out a long time and he's making his debut here. So let's, uh, let's get some dog money Gumby together.
0: Yeah. And, and I would also add too that, like, because again, I don't think oskobov's, uh, you know, I, I don't think he particularly has as good of wrestling as you might think he does. I, I also think he's going to have a huge reach at disadvantage here because again, Jamal Emmers is a guy who's five foot 10, but has a six foot two reach. Yeah. And I know we don't have reach information on Askabov, but he is only 5'8", and he, he's fought down at Bantamweight. So I'm going to imagine he's got kind of a smaller reach anyway. So yeah. I, I kind of like Emmers for that reason, too. There you go. You're talking my language, reach,
1: even though it, the stats don't really um, back me up on that. But nonetheless, it, it's another thing in Emmers, uh, Emers' corner, at least. All right. Made of Matt Dan of the prelims, women's Bantamweight, Lena Landsberg versus Myra Bueno Silva. Um, we will tell you about Lena Landsberg first. She is the elbow queen. She's 10 and 7 with four knockouts. Um, she's been knocked out herself three times. She's four and six in the UFC. She was four and three, but now she's lost three straight fights. She's not won a fight since September of 2019. She used to fight up at Featherweight, like that's a weight class. Uh, used to be a regional champion. She probably still has that belt, so maybe she still is regional champ 2012 Pro mma debut, multiple world champion kickboxer. Um a shoot fight champion as well. She's an inch taller than Bueno Silva. She's been outstruck in the UFC by minus 1.16 strikes per minute. Plus 360. Bueno Silva. Sheetara is the nickname. Nine, two, and one. One knockout. Six submissions. Never been finished in a fight. Four, two, and one in the UFC. She's gone one, two straight. Last one via submission. Used to fight at flyweight. One no contender series. Regional champion. Inch reach on Landsberg. Nine years younger. Uh, 1.6 times more active landing strikes than Landsberg's been. She's been outstruck by her opponents, though, by 0.78 strikes per minute, minus 485. I will take the big, big chalk in <laughs> Myra Buena Silva. Um, yeah, Landsberg, Um on her way out the door, if you ask me. Um, Silva, obviously way better grappler um, and uh, way younger. So give me submission specialist Myra Buena Silva.
0: Yeah, I'm gonna take my Buena Silva too. Here's the short caveat I have here because, first of all, I think my Buena Silva has looked really good since coming up to bantamweight, um, which is why this is like a fight that kind of like answers a question. She fought uh, Yanam Wu and Stephanie Egger uh, when coming up to bantamweight, and like I, I don't know how tough of. Opponents those two are so now they're giving her somebody who was like legitimately in the rankings for a while as like a question of like can Myra Buena Silva hang with the actual top fifteen of the UFC's bantamweight division and it answers that question. Lena Landsberg is, did not look good in her last fight and uh, in, in fact she looked pretty terrible. But I am going to caveat this with saying I'm also not rushing to just throw Myra Buena Silva in every single parlay I have because. She's looked bad in two back-to-back fights against Panty Keon Zod and, and Carol Rosa. And those are the only two fights she's had since leaving and having her first child. Uh, she, she was, you know, two in, coming off of a two-in-one stretch where she lost to Sarah McMahon, um, had her child, and looked bad in her first two fights back. We've kind of seen with a few women, and I, I hate to, like, be tracking this as the thing, but we've seen with a few women who went off, with maternity leave, come back and not look themselves in the first fight or two, you know, like Mackenzie Dern sticks out. Like she had a really rough first fight back. Um, Nina, Nina Nunez did not look good in her first fight back, but then we saw them as they get more into training, as they've spent more time back in their training camps and stuff like that, they look more like themselves. And I don't know that I would pick Lena Landsberg looking like her old self anyway, but I would say that if she was there and she was betting off at plus 380, I, I would be super, super enthusiastic about, like, taking a stab on her. I'm going to take my Buena Silva because I don't think we can just, like, count on that rebound. Um, but also, like, I, again, I think my Buena Silva is, like, a nightmare if you think she just, like, belongs at every single one of your parlays.
1: Yeah, I'm not going to throw her in a parlay uh, at all. But, yeah, we're both going with with her. All right, let's recap. Are the amazing prelim picks we got here? We are both on Buena Silva. We are both on Emers as an underdog. Uh, I'm on OSP as an underdog. Dan is on Linz. We are both on Sadikov. I am on Fletcher. Dan's on underdog Gorimbo, and we are both on Carpenter. Right. That sounds right to me. All right. Exciting episode in the books. Thanks for listening. Make sure you get in our Discord. If you like, have some fun with us. SportsGamblingPodcast.com/discord is how you can get in there and sign up twitter SGPNMMA mma uh, gumby runs that he also is at gumby vreeland and i'm at jeff fox writer sports podcast.com is the place to be for all our writing and our giveaways and our discounts at sports books and our podcasts and all the amazing things in our in our world so make sure you hit that up you can listen to gumby's top turtle mma podcast which will i haven't seen in my feed yet gumby as a drop
0: yet it, it came out last, last night man
1: oh well i got to find out why it hasn't shown up here yet but it is out so make sure everybody listens to that as well um and enter my pick'em contest at the very least this, uh, you can subscribe and enter the pick'em contest for free at moneymma.substack.com we shall return tomorrow main card time an exciting main card Um, Until tomorrow, I will be Sheetaraja Fox and my my co-host here, Daniel Monstro Vreeland, will be back as well. Bye-bye.